Hi, Simon Hill here. Enjoy our podcast. If you'd like to help us keep delivering the sort of quality football chat you want, then you can show your support by making a donation. Big or small, however much you can afford, we appreciate all your help and every cent will be ploughed back into improving production. Thanks in advance from all of us at Shim, Spider and so much more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. much more. Take it away, fellas. Yes, welcome to this special edition of uh, the podcast. We've got uh, a one-on-one interview with Football Australia CEO James Johnson, who's going to talk to us uh, about the new aligned calendar, which, uh, of course, was released uh, by the Games Governing Body in this country uh, last week. Uh, Morning to you, James. Good to see you. Good morning, Simon. Great to see you too. Um, let's uh, start with the, the, the release of this calendar, uh, which came out, as we say, last week. Uh, the one thing that sort of s- stands out to me immediately when I looked at it was that the A-League appears until June when the season finishes, and then it doesn't reappear in 2021. Does that suggest that we are going to have this full winter alignment across all the competitions? Uh, not, not, not at this stage, Simon. So the reason the A League finishes in in June is because that's when the season is due to finish at the moment. Um, the season finishes at the same time that the broadcast cycle for the A League and the W League finishes. So that discussion is is still to be had. There's negotiations with with broadcasters still to be had. So the fact that it's not in the the back end of of 21 doesn't mean that. Uh, there'll be no A-League football again in 21 after the finish and commencement of the 21 A-League season. So it, it, that's still a work in progress in terms of the, the full alignment between, uh, for example, the A-League, W-League, NPLs and, and everything else. Yeah, that's right. So what, what the domestic match calendar does, what its objective is, it's really to try to create a platform um, or, or a forum where stakeholders can come together and discuss issues like when the season will be played for the A-League and the W-League, when the NPL seasons would be played, um, when national team football is played um, due to the international match calendar. So when will the players be released 
um, for those matches. Um, when will the Asian Champions League be played? So it's really bringing all the football content together, all the different competitions, the FFA Cup, of course, um, together so that we can be more focused and more coordinated as a sport as we go forward. Um, I think if you look at some of the challenges, because we haven't had a domestic match calendar in the past, you can look at things like a lot of national activity will be in June this year. We've got um, windows for national team activity. We've got um, preparation for the Olympics. And this is happening at the time of the A-League final series. So what a domestic match calendar does is it allows you to plan longer term, one, two, three years in advance so that these issues uh, do not arise. But, but presumably, James, if, for example, there is uh, a different broadcaster in place for the next A-League and W-League seasons, or even if it's the same broadcaster, you're going to run into the same issues with international windows that we've had in the past. Yes or no? Well, I think that's what this allows us to do, Simon. So we can we can sit down now and we can say, okay, what's important in football? Well, um, release of players is important. Um, and this will be determined by FIFA. And over a two-year period, there's usually nine windows outside official tournaments. And we should be building these into our domestic match calendar, in my view, so that our own competitions don't go over these periods. And that goes to the integrity of the competition because you want to ensure that all competitions, you have the best possible players playing in your competitions week in, week out. Um, the other mechanism that is included in the domestic match calendar is the registration periods, ACA transfer windows. Um, and this is important now because unlike previous years, FIFA have changed their rules so that there's no more flexibility with windows. So going forward, we need to have two windows per year one is a 12 window block outside of the season um, and one is a four week window during the middle of a season and we can only have those two here in Australia and that those windows they're not just for the top tier competitions they're windows to register all professional players across the country and there's more professional players by definition of the FIFA rules that sit outside our A league and W league than those that sit in it so the alignment of the calendar, not just for competition purposes, but also registration purposes, is uh, is something that we've really got to focus on going forward. So this will form part of the negotiations with uh, the broadcasters ahead of the next television deal and will essentially be, I imagine from what you're saying, a non-negotiable part of that broadcast deal, correct? Well, certainly from our point of view, um, making sure that the windows are aligned, this is this is crucial. Um, we've got to obviously listen to 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 broadcasters. Now, this will be for the APL to front um, in in the first instance because due to the unbundling, um, the properties for the A League and the W League now belong to the APL, the clubs. But as a regulator, um, we regulate the domestic match calendar, and that is part of the unbundling uh, agreement. So it will be a case of the clubs going out, testing the market, but also us having our view on, on what the regulation of the domestic match calendar would look like. Um, and, and when the season is played, when the international windows and release of player windows occur and when the registration periods occur for players are, are matters that would sit with Football Australia still. 
And are you all in alignment on this? I mean, obviously, this is a, a paper or a press release that's put out by Football Australia, but are the A-League and W-League clubs, they're all in, in full agreement with this, or is that still being discussed? Well, the mechanism for a domestic match calendar is 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 clear. I mean, that is part of <clears throat> um, the, the, the national registration regulations. It is part of the unbundling um, agreement. How the calendar looks and when the season plays, that's something that we've still got to sit down and discuss with, with the A-League clubs, with the APL, with the W-League clubs uh, as well. But it's something that's going to be moving because it will have to move along with, with, with the negotiations of the broadcast rights. Okay. Um, I just want to quote something that appeared in the press release. Uh, the calendar has been devised, and I quote, to connect all levels of Australian football, as well as the FIFA international calendar and the key AFC dates. Uh, we expect 2021 to be a transitional year towards a completely unified and integrated approach to connect the football pyramid, both domestically and globally. Now, people will read that out there in football land and say, great. That sounds to me like a commitment to a national second division. Are they right? And promotion we, relegation, sorry, as an extension of that. <laughs> the, these, are, these are two uh, distinct points, but I'll, I'll start with the, um, the, the, the second tier competition. Yeah, there is, there is a commitment from Football Australia to, to move in the direction of a second tier competition. I think we've been consistent with our narrative publicly. Um, I don't think the debate is any longer, should there be one, should there not be one? From our point of view, there, there should. I think the member federations um, would agree with this and so too do the, the, the second tier clubs um, led by the AAFC at the moment. The question really is, what does the model look like and when will the season start? When would it commence? Um, and really, there the, the, the seems like there's two different options that are, um, um, that are, that are, uh, being discussed at the moment. One is what the AAFC put out publicly, which is a 12 to 16 competition home and away um, run every year. Whereas the other one, which is, I think, probably the more pragmatic one, is a, a two-phase season where your club start at the NPL level in the first phase and they move into a, a, a group stage like the UEFA Champions League, for example, um, at the back end of the year. So I think that is really where the debate is. It's not a discussion about whether we should have one or not um, anymore in my view Simon I think that the the AAFC and, and its clubs would probably disagree with you a little bit there because they've said look this is the model we've gone away and done the, the modeling whether you agree with it or not um, they've come up with what they believe is is the best uh, solution they're prepared to take the, the the financial risks so there is no incumbency upon either the governing body or the A-League clubs, uh, as I understand it, at least in the initial phase, they're not demanding promotion and relegation. Is it not just time to get on with this? Yeah, it is. It is time to get on with this, Simon. And I, I, I think that um, we, we, we should. The, the, the issue, though, is we really need to be sure that what we do is sustainable. Um, and can we sustain a second-tier competition which requires heavy logistical costs um, and administration costs. Um, that's a question mark. Uh, what I can tell you is one of those two models um, is easier to implement. And is that a stepping stone towards 
what the double AFC model is. I think that's an open question at the moment, but we, we're not against the model that they that the double AFC have put out. Um, it's a good model. Um, there's a lot of good work that's been done there, but our questions are more uh, are the pragmatic ones. Can we do it initially? Maybe we can, maybe we can't, um, but more importantly, what is sustainable over the, the, the longer period? I think that's the question we need to answer at the moment. You would prefer the Champions League style second division? Um, not philosophically, I, I would prefer a full-fledged second tier um, competition like we know in, in, in Europe. Philosophically, I absolutely would. Pragmatically, though, I think that it would be easier to, to probably move to a Champions League style in the interim. I think that's a positive first step. I actually think that's something we could do practically. Um, that would be that would be my view on that, yes. But having said that, we're still doing the work internally. We're crunching numbers at the moment. We're talking to our member federations um, also about their views, and we will have discussions with AAFC. I don't think there's any um, uh, there's any misunderstanding between us and the AAFC that we should have one. It's more about the model. I think that's the that's the point of difference. And, and when can we expect the, this new uh, second division, whatever it looks like, to, to be implemented? To be implemented? I, I, well, it's, I don't think it's going to happen this year, Simon. I, I think that's that's clear. 22, maybe, maybe not. Look, I, I think we've got to, My point is we have to do the work. We've got to do the work properly. Um, we have some questions that we'll be asking AAFC with, with the work that they've put out, particularly around the finances. Um, but we're also putting, we'll be putting other models on the table for the AAFC to consider. And I think that will come with uh, full alignment with Football Australia and also the member federations. And that's important because many of the clubs that would come out of the NPLs into a second tier, whichever model that might be, um, are coming out of competitions administered by the member federations at the moment. Um, so I think this will be a, a, a working year. This will be a year that we really... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market get our teeth into what the second tier looks like, it won't be a year that, that the second tier will be established. Is it fair to say, James, that um, when you're talking about a completely unified and integrated approach to connect the football pyramid, both domestically and globally, you can't do that without having both a second division and ultimately promotion and relegation between the tiers. And on that, where do the A-League clubs sit on that? Because I think for most people... They don't seem to be that keen. On, on what? On what's that side? On, on promotion the and relegation. Well, I think to answer your first question, we, we we do need a second tier at the moment because there is a considerable gap between the NPLs and, and the A League and the W League. I think this is um, this is clear, particularly from a football perspective, but it also from a uh, economical perspective. Um, when we talk about promotion relegation, again, I think we need to use the term access. I think that's a better way, in my view, of 
of a transition. If you look at models like Mexico, for example, um, they had a similar set of challenges to us in that they are part of North America and the North American model is a, is a, is a closed league that, um, it, that includes new teams by way of expansion. Um, but they're also connected to Latin America where sporting merit promotion relegation is part of the football fabric. So their solution to the challenges that they had was to create a system where um, after six seasons, which is three years, because there's two seasons in every one year in Mexico, the team that performs the worst over a three year, six season period is actually relegated from Liga MX. Um, and then teams that perform well in the leagues outside of Liga MX over a certain period, um, their performance, their sporting performance counts to expansion of the competition. So could we create a model like that given our challenges at the moment? I think we, we, we probably can. In the unbundling agreement um, that we have, um, it is the prerogative of Football Australia to take decisions on access. And we do intend to sit down with our stakeholders, starting with the APL, because they would be the stakeholder most impacted by this, and talk about rules around access moving forward. Do you think you can sell that to the football community, James? I'm not talking about to the, the stakeholders in general, but to the supporters that you have one team promoted every, say, three seasons. I'm not suggesting that we, we, we sell that, Simon. It, it's rather that's a solution that exists um, in another part of the world, in, 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 a, in, a, in a country that has similar challenges to, to what we have. Um, I think it's very difficult to impose promotion relegation during a period um, by which licences were sold long, a long time ago to a group um, of, of club owners. I do think that's difficult. So I think we need to look at pragmatic solutions where we can um, introduce sporting merit as part of an access discussion. Um, I think there are a lot of practical challenges with moving directly to promotional and relegation tomorrow. And that's not to say I don't like it. As a football fan, um, I'm a very big fan of promotion and relegation. Uh, I enjoy it. It's, it's something I love about watching football, European football, but there are practical issues that, that we have if we were trying to introduce it, say, tomorrow. So those licenses, which at the moment run till 2034, um, are pretty much locked away. We're not, we're not going to see clubs relegated until the end of those licenses, which, which run till 2034. Is that, is that fair? I'm not going to uh, – I think you're, uh, you're asking leading questions here. So <laughs> I'm asking I like an honest question. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, you know, Chris Nicku did, did say this uh, last year, that those licences were in place till 2034, and you just uh, you know, rightly indicated that it's, it's, it's difficult when those licences have been sold on that basis. So I'm, I'm just wondering if, if that is – something that is if not set in stone then it's going to be difficult to shift well that's that's why i like to have a conversation about access because i think again if we look at a european model um which uh the, the football purists like and i am by nature a football purist so i understand the thinking it is promotion relegation one two three teams up and down every single season if you look at how access works all over the world we look at the asian champions league with the, the access rules um, around criteria for qualifying 
for the Champions League. If you look at Liga MX, which I talked about before, there's a different system. If you look at Japan, for example, they have a different system as well because they integrate um, club licensing, very high licensing requirements into the promotion relegation discussion, which means you can be promoted, but sometimes um, you can't be promoted from the community because you simply can't meet the requirements of the licensing system. So all I'm saying is, I think we have to be practical about the conversation. Um, can we jump directly to the, the football purist promotion relegation concept? I think it's difficult to do that because of the situation we're in, but can we form a group of, of, of access rules um, which provides opportunities for clubs to be incentivized to move up a pyramid. I think we can have that conversation. I don't know what that looks like yet, though, Simon. Okay. When when do you think we we find out when when we get the the right model? Are we looking at twenty twenty one, where we actually go? Okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is when we're going to do it. Is this for a second tier competition? Yeah. Yep. I think right now um, we've just unbundled. Um, on the last day of 2020, it's it's now the start of February. We've seen what the AAFC have have put out. We will go into conversations with our member federations over the next few months about this very point. Um, I think you'll find, despite the narrative, that there is a lot of support from Football Australia and the member federations for a form of a second tier competition. But again, what we're looking at is what we think the appropriate model would be. Um, one that we think is is good for football. So how it will solve more match minutes for young players, more opportunities for Australian coaches, for Australian referees, so on and so forth. But also what is a model that is sustainable? Um, and that's a conversation that 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 we're we're having this year. Okay. Um Let's uh, ask about something else, which is also included in the release thus last week, um, along with the calendar, was the uh, the idea of a, a festival of football week to be held in, in connection with the FFA Cup final in 2021. Uh, what, what does that look like? So we're trying to bring football together. I mean, that's part of the whole greater narrative. So by introducing a transfer system, you, you're, you're connecting the... The, the, the clubs outside of the A-League with the clubs in the A-League, connecting grassroots to the NPL. That's what a transfer system does. Players move up and down a, a pyramid, so to speak. A domestic match calendar is another mechanism that brings football together. Um, and the more alignment of competitions and calendar, the more alignment of registration periods, the better connected we are top down as, as a sport. So it's another way where we think if the FFA Cup final were to be the last game of the football season, which I think is a, a good statement, a good message we send because it's a competition, the only competition, um, as far as I understand, in Australian sport, not just football, where you bring clubs at all levels together and they play off against each other. Can we actually do that um, uh, in, in, in terms of bringing people outside of the pitch together um, around a seminar, around meetings, around consultation forums, et cetera, um, around an FFA Cup final. I think it's a great message and I think it would be a really cool and, 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 and fun uh, weekend, if you like, for the entire Australian football community. And are you looking at sort of a, a standalone venue for this, maybe a Canberra, or are you looking at it's wherever, you know, the, the, the team that hosts it, as has been the tradition over the, the early years of the FFA Cup, that's where you'll have your, your festival of football. 
I think we need to try things, Simon. And I, I know in the past we've 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 gone where the participating clubs are, but there are different models that exist um, in Australia and also around the world. And um, if we choose, if we have cities and stadiums bid for the competition in the future, um, does that help with its prestige? Maybe not initially, but I think over the long term uh, it, it it might. And we're at a point now where we're you know, we're we're really up for rattling the cage, so to speak, rattling the, the, the tree. So I think we've got to try things. And um, that's something we're definitely analysing. And I think there's a lot of merit around um, going to stadiums, going to states or territories and saying, look, this is a concept. What do you think? Um, and that's something we're looking at. Okay. Um, final one, James. As a part of that, uh, obviously the uh, anniversary, the 100 year anniversary of the Socceroos is coming up in 2022, the year after we got the Women's World Cup here. Um, do, do the international teams form a part of that festival of football week? Could we see the Socceroos playing, the Matildas playing? And what plans do you have for that uh, 100 year anniversary in 2022? So, so national team football right now, that's a, that's a priority for our organization. How do we restart um, national team football? Socceroos haven't played a match since I've actually been in this office, Simon. The Matildas have played a, a handful of games um, in, in February, March last year. Um, we've obviously got some practical challenges at the moment with, with COVID. So we're hoping that by June um, we'll have a, uh, a lot of national activity happening again. We think in March you'll you'll see the Socceroos play at least one match, not in Australia, but but abroad. But in June we think that that's when national team football will start to fire up again. I think there'll be a lot of um, Socceroos activity with the World Cup qualifiers that will happen in June. Where that will be played at the moment um, is up for discussion. It would be lovely to have it back here um, in Australia. Matildas, I think we'll see back here in Australia in the June-July period as well before they go on to the Olympics. That will be the um, restart, if you like, of national team football. As to what we do in 2022, it is important. Um, we, we have had these conversations at a conceptual level with New Zealand, but I think we can we'll probably do something very nice to commemorate um, that 100-year anniversary and doing something with our friends across the Tasman, to me, sounds just about right. Going back to Dunedin? The venue of the first ever game. <laughs> that would be good. Depends what time of year. It's it gets pretty cold down there. <laughs> it sure does. Okay, uh, James. Thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate uh, you discussing all those issues with us. All the best. Thanks, Simon. You're welcome. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.